Welcome to HealthCast. I'm your host, Adam Patterson, bringing you a new episode discussing how America's largest integrated healthcare system has adapted its supply chain to the greatest public health crisis this country has seen in over a century. The COVID-19 epidemic has put considerable strain on health systems across the globe, with the rapid spread of a highly contagious and previously unknown coronavirus, creating exceptional demands for both protective equipment and the supplies needed to care for patients receiving emergency treatment. While previous coronavirus outbreaks like the Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, or SARS, were more regionally confined, COVID-19 spread with a rapidity that risked overwhelming otherwise well-equipped care networks. This has necessitated rapid adaptation to meet the demands of the public health crisis, including a particular attention to supply chains used to support caregivers at the front line of the pandemic. The Department of Veterans Affairs oversees the largest integrated healthcare network in the entire United States, caring for over 9 million veterans enrolled in the Veterans Health Administration, or VHA, care system. The VHA's scope of responsibility also includes a vital role to serve as the health system of record for the United States during times of national crisis. This is known as the VA's fourth mission, which entails providing additional care in the case regional health systems become overwhelmed. This necessitates a twofold objective of caring for patients within its own network, as well as mobilizing emergency support beyond its typical capacities. In order to ensure the agency is able to execute its substantial responsibilities amidst this crisis, VHA has begun to overhaul its medical supply chain to provide vital support and prevent shortages of necessary equipment. Having been managed on a more siloed and regional basis, the VHA has begun to move towards an enterprise-level model, supported by data tracking and analytics to streamline the delivery of key medical supplies. Deb Kramer, the Assistant Undersecretary for Health Support Services, and Andrew Centineo, Executive Director at the Office of Procurement and Logistics, have been at the forefront of reorganizing the VHA supply chain, to meet the demands of the COVID-19 epidemic. Having overseen this transition to a more enterprise-level model, Kramer and Centineo have taken a forefront role in advancing the agency's care networks during a time of unprecedented stress on health systems nationwide. Deb and Andrew, I just want to thank you for coming on the program. It's great to have you here to discuss such a momentous topic. Uh, the work that the VHA is doing to fulfill its fourth mission has been undoubtedly quite impressive especially considering the unforeseen demands of COVID-19. To start things out, I'll begin with a broader question. How has COVID-19 shifted VHA's priorities in terms of essential supplies and medical devices? Well, we still are supporting the largest integrated healthcare system in the country. So those requirements have not changed, but what it has brought attention to are several items that you absolutely require for COVID response. That's personal protective equipment, or PPE, ventilators and the associated material that keep ventilators running. And about 30% of the patients that get this disease and end up in an ICU also go on dialysis. And so it's dialysis fluids and the dialysis machines required to run long-term dialysis. So that's brought a real heavy focus onto those things. And then you combine that with the worldwide demand on a supply chain that up to this point has been just in time. And you find that we are pretty much preoccupied with PPE, vents, and dialysis. 
Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense, considering especially the newfound demand for those particular capacities. Which kind of brings me to my next question, which is, how is VHA using its own capacities to manufacture this necessary equipment? Yeah, well, that actually is a very exciting part of what's going on inside of VHA. I think you've heard of the innovation ecosystem before. VA, VHA in particular, is partnered with the U.S. Food and Drug Administration and the National Institutes of Health in a 3D print exchange. And what they've been doing is designing, testing, and then 3D printing PPE, personal protective equipment, nasal swabs, and some devices to support frontline COVID workers. It's really exciting. And what I like best about it is not only have they been able to provide about 500,000 pieces of PPE across the United States for us to use, but they're also doing this and then publishing the results. So these are clinically designed, clinically tested, and then the FDA takes a look at them. And then those designs are available for public use so that any hospital in the United States that has this need could 3D print using proven, safe, and effective designs. So I think that's probably the most exciting thing that I can think of. Yeah, that's honestly quite impressive, too. That is a considerable output in such a short time frame. And it kind of brings me to my next question, which is, what measure is the VHA taking to monitor and get ahead of potential shortages in medical equipment? So at the onset of our current pandemic, we had to look at things through a very manual process. In a very short period of time, we were able to assemble a team in procurement and logistics to support the entire Veterans Health Administration and looking at what is the demand signal and the consumption rate of the PPE that's out there. We now have a tool that's out there that's Power BI that actually gives us the capability to see on a daily basis where we are with our consumption, where our usage is, and it has a band that actually shows low and high in a predictive model that actually gives us the capability to know where we are at any given time. And what's so powerful about that is when we look across the enterprise, we can see all the visions and we can see the high usage rates, the low usage rates, and it gives us the flexibility to do the cross-leveling across the visions or facilities in the VA medical centers. So in a very short period of time, the ingenuity and innovation of our staff was able to go from a manual system to give us a dashboard that is used twice a day to be able to see the information clearly and give us a predictive look as to where we are for our consumption rates. And this is groundbreaking work at VHA. You may not be aware, but we don't have a medical logistics system in place here. We're using a 50-year-old piece of software that is as friendly to use as it is old. So pretty old, pretty unfriendly piece of software. And we really weren't able to see in real time or even close to real time what was going on at a facility level, at a particular hospital somewhere in the United States. But with this tool and what the team has done inside Power BI, and the credit goes to Rick Upton and Benjamin Burns, who did the work to bring this forward in less than 30 days from concept to having it up in our health operations center. It's a part of standard briefings in the afternoon as the veteran integrated service networks are local networks of multiple hospitals. As they come in and report on their readiness, we have that up and we can look. It's just been, it's groundbreaking. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty impressive adaptation across what sounds like what has previously been a rather sort of not antiquated, but sort of an older baseline you're working with technologically. I'm comfortable calling it antiquated. (laughs) That's not an offensive term because I remember thinking, wow, you were doing, I'm pretty impressed, you're doing basically 21st century work on a 1960s, basically, infrastructure. Which kind of brings me to my next question, which is, how has the VHA shift towards an enterprise-level model helped manage the supply chain amidst this crisis? 
that's the thing. We're not there quite yet. So what we want to do is adopt a proven system. This is a system that the Department of Defense has that's been out in the field for several years, many years. I'm a former Army medical logistician. I actually used it, and I'm so old, I'm not going to say how long ago that was. But it's called the Defense Medical Logistics Standards Support, or DIMLS. And that's the tool we want to bring on. Proven system, it does more than just medical supplies. It does equipment and facilities. It does medical maintenance. Facility maintenance, facility management, yeah. property accountability. Uh, it has business intelligence tools to be able to help us make informed decisions at the enterprise level. It truly is an integrated application, different than what was mentioned earlier of the siloed 1960s, 70s vintage standalone applications that don't talk to each other and are very manual, function key driven. So not even modern backbones or applications that are running them. So bringing this capability to the VA has already been directed by the secretary. So we are moving forward with this. will give us the capability across the spectrum of supplies, equipment. We'll call it logistics in total, the bigger logistics, not just the supply logistics that we, are, we function within the VA. Right. So our first go-live site is going to be the James A. Lovell Federal Healthcare Center in North Chicago, Illinois. That'll go live in August of this year. And then we'll follow with a rollout in the Northwest, going into Puget Sound and Spokane later this fall, winter. And that's just ahead of the electronic healthcare record rollout in that same area. Yeah, that's fascinating and a pretty quick rollout as well, which kind of brings me to the next question, which is, has there been sort of an integration or a feedback between both this movement towards an enterprise level model and the electronic health records modernization program as well? Actually, they that's one of the reasons that we also wanted to go with DIMLS, the Defense Medical Logistics Standards Support. DOD is using the same electronic health care system that we're implementing now. They use DIMLS, and they've already actually done the interface between DIMLS and EHRM. So that's already there. We just implement it. We don't have to design it. It's ready to rock. That was one of the big selling points for going with DIMLS. Yeah, I can imagine that level of synergy really helped facilitate the process. And kind of overlooking this so far and both looking forward towards the development of kind of a more enterprise level process, what comes to my mind is to ask what key insights have you discovered at VHA throughout this process? And what adaptations is supply chain management will likely even continue after the close of the pandemic? So here in VHA, we've actually viewed PPE and those other items as enterprise assets. It doesn't belong to you just because you happen to have physical control of it. If you, for instance, have a low COVID incidence rate in your area, but New Orleans is getting really hot and needs some help, we can shift those materials. So by acting as an enterprise and shifting material from spots of low incidence to places where a surge was going on and the demand for PPE and other essential items was high, we were able to keep the mission going without interruption, despite interruptions inside the supply chain. It gave us a little bit of agility to be able to do that. So I think that's one of the big lessons learned is that our vision consortiums, which are groupings of those regional hospital groups, and then looking at this from the national level across the entire system is something that I think that we proved worked and that we'll continue to do. And then, Andrew, what about what we might be doing at the federal level? So I think there's two components here. Pulling on what Deb just talked about is seeing what the goodness is across the visions and bringing it back to the previous question when you talk about demos, you actually or we will actually see enterprise level information so that we can make those informed decisions to know where the supplies are ahead of the requirement. And this is going beyond the COVID environment. 
So as we take the lessons learned, we can really take this to the enterprise level, employing these applications to be able to see where the demand is and then aggregate them. Instead of going at the local level for it, we can bring it to the national level. And the national level piece is looking at regional or national level contracts, but then bridging it beyond that. Where do we partner? Where are those opportunities that become whole of government? It's beyond just the VA. It places a lens on the industry that has the demand signal that says, what does the Defense Logistics Agency have on the DOD side? What does the VA bring in the way of demand? It's much greater than the DOD facilities combined. We could truly revolutionize the way we actually enter the market space from the government perspective to be able to increase the purchasing power. With that, we should drive down the cost of the price per product, which means we have more to spend on our veterans in other locations and we can spend our taxpayers' dollars more smartly. Yeah, it sounds like the efficiency improvements have been considerable, even at this stage. And it sounds like there is a real applicability, not just within VA, but as sort of a leader in sort of the implementations of process improvements across the federal government. Thank you, Deb, and thank you, Andrew. Well, Adam, thanks for the opportunity. Exactly. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. HealthCast is a production of Government CIO Media and Research. For more podcasts, head to governmentciomedia.com slash podcasts. If you liked what you heard, let us know by leaving a review in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. HealthCast is produced by Amy Kluber, hosted by Melissa Harris, Adam Patterson, and Faith Bryan. If you're interested in sponsoring a podcast, contact us at sponsor at governmentcio.com.